Hey everyone, welcome back to Marvelous Geeks. I'm Gisani Sophia, and I'm here with two of my extremely talented friends, Malia and Sarah. Hey. Hello. How are you guys? Good. 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 We've already had Full such great talks. conversations <laughs> <without> <laughs> recording. Yeah. That I don't know where to begin anymore. I know. Where would you like to begin? I don't know. Should we talk about Malia's shirt? Oh. Yeah, I'm wearing a Bohemian Rhapsody shirt. I know you can't, can't, you can't see, see it, but if you could, that <laughs> is the travesty of podcasts. I know. It's beautiful. Maybe we'll take a photo <laughs> and post it so you guys know. Here, here. And then I can do my Freddie pose. Oh, yeah. Mood. Fearless lives forever. <laughs> mood. I wrote that in my mindset journal last night. <laughs> I was like, that's a great quote. It is, it a, is good a great quote. quote. So Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody. It's a great movie. It, it is. A great movie. Yeah, we're all on the same page. Next topic. <laughs> Love it. Check mark. Check mark. It has been approved by us. Approved. Approved. Which I think is crucial. Seal. Yeah, you need to check in with us before anything, before sealing your own approvals. No. Yeah. Um, well, I want to talk about how people, I think when you say you love Bohemian Rhapsody, I think the first thing people want to do is bring it down. Yeah. That's like the number one thing. Whenever yeah. I bring it up, they're like, I heard it wasn't very good. Did you, Martha? Did you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks, Lucy. Wow. Thanks for that. And, and it's just like, because they just, I, again, I think well, before we started recording, we were talking about people parroting other people's mm-hmm. opinions. Absolutely. So I think it's one of those things where people just read critic reviews and they're like, okay, well, this critic said that. Mm-hmm. So that must be true about the film. Yeah, and I think the main issue for that is there's such a feeling that anymore, if you don't agree with me, we can't be friends. We can't um, have differing opinions about something and still be cordial about it. We can't be like, well, I didn't like it, but that doesn't mean it's not a good movie. And I think that's such an important thing to realize is that just because you don't like something doesn't mean it's not a good film. Nope. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of great films that I don't like. And there's a lot of bad films that I think are fun. But I know they're bad. (laughs) Like, I know they're bad, but it doesn't mean I don't like it. Oh, no. We love the garbage. Yeah. And you can admit to that, which is fine. But still, everything, you project how you feel onto the media that you're consuming. Mm -hmm. So there's also that. It's like, I may like it because for whatever reason, it had this, this, this effect on me. Right. You may not have liked it because you could have had a negative effect on me, which one of the things for me personally was The Last Jedi. Mm. I just, I refrained from calling it a bad movie. Right. But Mm. it did not affect me positively. Yeah. And that's how I've always put it to my friends who do love it. I'm just like, I walked out of it not feeling great. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I felt really disappointed. I was like, I feel like you took all of these wonderful characters and story arcs and just chopped them. To yeah. pieces. Like, you did not do a service to Luke. You didn't do a service to Leia. The only moment in that film that I really liked is a moment that Carrie Fisher wrote. Which as, one was that? Is the one where Luke, the, the scene where Luke comes back, spoilers if you haven't seen it, <laughs> Luke comes back as a vision to oh, her. With the, with the dice. With the dice. And I was like, that is such yeah. a in canon moment mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. she understands, she understood the characters. That was a great yeah. moment. And when they were like, Carrie Fisher wrote it, I was like, that's why I liked it. <laughs> she came in and was like, you're not going to ruin this whole film. And she wrote Here's that. this. I, yeah, I love that scene. And I love the scene where uh, Holdo just says, what's her name, right? It's 
Is that Laura Dern's character? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Right? Okay. Yes. I haven't seen like, it in so it? long that I'm just like, is <laughs> it correct? That. Where she just says like, Godspeed Rebels. And mm. you know that she's on the good side. Like that scene yeah. just got to me. Yeah. But after that, I was like. They know. did her a disservice too. Like here yeah. you have Laura Dern. And then I was like, you made her act stupidly so you could achieve an end result where there was only like 10 people left. And I was like, that wouldn't have happened because she wouldn't have waited that long. It's she true. was already committed to to dying to di- to doing yeah, whatever yeah. it took mm-hmm. like you knew that from the minute she walked on screen she's like no nonsense yeah and you're like made her act stupid and i was like people don't deliberately act stupidly she wouldn't be a general or whatever she was if yeah. she yeah. acted that way Admiral. yeah but okay. again you know well i think it's interesting too is that the last jedi is one of those star wars films where nobody saw it multiple times mm-hmm. i never heard like I mean, no offense to anybody out there, but like, I most of my friends did not see it again. I did see it again to see if I was in a bad mood when mm. I first watched ah, it. That's I really see. interesting. I that's, like that because oh, I was same. in a. I was really exhausted when I first watched it. I had mm. just got out of work, so I was like, okay, maybe I was in a bad mood. Yeah, like mm. I'm projecting something else. But then when mm. I watched it the second time, I was like, mm. no, <laughs> no, I still don't feel great. Yeah, my brother actually had a reverse, so I had I waited so long to see it because I was like. I waited for a really long time. Like I waited till the end. Like it was like came out in December or whatever. I waited till like January to see it, and um, mostly because Harrison Ford wasn't in it. I was like, I'm out. Um, (laughs) Bye, everyone. But so I was like, but I'm obviously gonna see it because I like Star Wars. And my brother was like, oh, I really liked it, and everybody else I knew didn't like it. And then he saw it a second time, and he was like, oh, I don't like this. And then he saw it a third time, and he's like, no, I hate it. That's so interesting. That's so interesting. And my brother is like has been a massive Star Wars fan since he was like seven. And he's read all of the books. He like knows his stuff. And he's like, mm-hmm. I get that it's not books, it's not canon. He's like, but that was a terrible movie. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so you, here's somebody who knows, you know what I mean? Wars, he liked yeah. it going in. And then as he saw it again and again, he's like, this is really bad. And it's like, you can like it. Oh, that's yeah. the whole thing. It's like, whatever you see in, in it, you're, mm-hmm. it's making you feel great. And that's fine. Absolutely. But it's like, I've always just hated this whole thing where it's like, just because you don't like it and I don't like it, we suddenly are on like different planes and just... Yeah. And can't connect anymore. Yeah. And then you yeah. start to feel like everything that someone's saying, like if you say something bad, you're attacking them. Or if they right. say something good, they're attacking you and yeah. your opinion and bringing down your opinion. And it's just... You're like... They get mm-hmm. so combat- combative, you know what I mean? So quickly. Like, that's, that's the first so the thing internet. people go to. Yeah, yeah, the internet is so... It's like this thing. The internet is a vacuum, everyone. It's not real life. Um, <laughs> no. Instagram, I know. No. It's fascinating. Get out of here. But it's like people, like, especially younger generations, I think. Like, I sound like I'm old and I'm not, you guys. Um, I'm not that old. But I feel like it exists in a vacuum because it's like they get to spout off an opinion. And then anybody who doesn't hate them is a troll. Like, or doesn't agree with them, I'm sorry, is a troll. Or is, like, they just don't know me. And you're like, well, then engage with them and they yeah. will know you. But mm-hmm. you can't put up a fence or a wall to somebody and be like, you're automatically wrong if you don't agree with me. Or if you disagree with me, you're a bad person. Yeah. Or you're out to get me. Or you hate me. You're being hateful. Mm-hmm. You're like, no, but I don't think <laughs> to think that. My favorite thing, though, is, and what bothers me is we were just talking about this with Bohemian Rhapsody. Is yeah. People who are not equipped to talk about a certain topic yeah suddenly think that they are because they 
They have an opinion. You watched so many movies that you're suddenly an expert. I'm like, mm, yeah. yeah. You might know a lot more than maybe somebody who doesn't watch enough right. movies, but you are still not behind the camera, behind right, the work there. Yeah. To, to understand yeah. the little details that someone who is perhaps a professional is going to. Yeah, and I think that's what's really interesting about Bohemian Rhapsody is a lot of the cast members, like, they are very into film on multiple levels. Mm. Like, they make Mm -hmm. their own films, they produce films, they direct films. And they were all pulling, like, the cast themselves and the crew are so joyful in the fact, in spite of, you know, the Bryan Singer debacle. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I think that's so telling of what an experience was like and that they were so joyous about this film being released Mm -hmm. and so proud of it um, without being preachy about it, I feel like. Yeah, no, totally. Well, I also want to say that, like, this whole idea that people have, and I get it, when you listen to Queen music, mm-hmm. you feel like Freddie Mercury kind of belongs to you, quote-unquote belongs that to you. That was his gift. You know, and that was his gift. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I think it's, like, this weird idea, and this one criticism of the movie that I don't really understand is that people were like, it wasn't gritty enough. And you're like, A, you're never going to get that story with Mary being alive, yeah. owning the rights to Freddie's estate, yeah. and B, with the remaining members of Queen being alive. You're never going to get that. That version is not going to exist, yeah. at least while they're alive. But I think it's interesting that these people who knew Freddie so well were like, this is the vision of Freddie yeah. we want to project. Mm-hmm. And it's like, obviously that's in line with his wishes. I don't think it would have been made if, if it was it not in line with his wishes. And mm-hmm. I also, like, I watched something this morning on Instagram, an interview with Freddie, and he's like, people think that I am this really loud, gritty, in-your-face person. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I leave the stage, he's like, I'm not that person at all. Like, a lot of, I read a couple different takes from him, because he mm-hmm. lived with several men at his house called the Garden Lodge mm-hmm. at the end of his life, including his, who he called his husband, Jim. Um, but... They were like, you know, how I would describe him. He's shy. He does not want to be in the spotlight. He wants to be left alone. He doesn't go out. He like he likes to have fun, but they're like, he's not somebody that you think he is on stage. So I think everybody has a different vision of who yeah. they think mm-hmm. he is. And they want to label him. And I find that really interesting that people are like, well, if you're not clearly fit within this label, mm-hmm. then... You're, this is bad story. This is a bad story. And you're like, I think he wasn't any of those things. Like, he just was himself. Yeah. And I found that really inspiring, personally. Exactly. I I was always a very casual Queen fan. Mm-hmm. You know that. I would yeah. play Queen every now and then yeah. when, we were, when we would work together and stuff like that. I, you were always the biggest Queen fan I know. Were you? <laughs> no, I was I was like you. I'm casual, casual? casual Queen fan yeah. until I watched Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. And then I went all in. I was like, <laughs> let's go. Let's do this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my God, here is my time. <laughs> exactly how I came out of this movie I was just yeah. like oh my god like I remember sitting in the theater crying but at first because I was like when are they playing my favorite queen song which is don't stop me now <laughs> oh yeah yeah which comes on at the very end yeah so once that came on I was just like oh, thank you okay <laughs> I get it now yeah and I was just a wreck after and I was like oh my god he loves cats why did <laughs> no one tell me this fact about him yeah yeah but I've automatically connected with him on a more yeah. spiritual level yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Well, I think if people really want to know Freddie, I think they should read, um, after I watched Bohemian Rhapsody the first time, <laughs> I saw it many, many times, um, they should read Jim... Who hasn't in this room? <laughs> That's true. Um, they should read Jim Hutton's uh, autobiography, Mercury and Me. 
So you can get it. It's it, devastating. P.S. I was yeah. gonna say it's it sounds like it would be so heartbreaking. It was, it was really. It's good. It's not super well written, obviously, because Jim wasn't a writer. But yeah, I mean, ooh, the part where Freddie the last few weeks. It's it's that one's hard to get through. I, I was bawling imagine. my eyes out. But it's interesting because the people he kept around him at the Garden Lodge and. You could tell, at least from his behavior, he would do these things of like, because he was so insecure. Yeah. That he would keep people close. Like, Jim would talk about how they would be okay. And then uh, Freddie would try to control every aspect of his life. And Jim's like, no, I need to have, I need to go to work or have a job here. And Freddie's like, well, you can be my gardener. So (laughs) So don't leave the house, though. Yeah, don't leave the house, basically. And then. Freddie would have, they would have like a row and then he would, he would kick Jim out and then Jim would be homeless for a minute or like a week. And then he's like, when are you coming home? He called him. Yeah. So he was, I think volumes. Yeah. And you see so much of that in the film. You see it with Mary and you see it in his vulnerability and that those moments where he's just, he needs somebody. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And he can't, he doesn't know how to be vulnerable to them and to be there for them in the same way. Yeah. And it's just so devastating because you can tell that his intentions are pure. Yeah. But he's not able to get it out there in the way that I know it's going to be reciprocated. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When he's like, how dare you be pregnant? She's like, what? (laughs) What What do you mean? (laughs) You're like, oh, that's really sad. On so many levels. But you, like, you get it. You can oh, yeah, see that. so thing. sad. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, he's like, through his mind, he's like, oh, that could have been me. That mm-hmm. could have been us. And you're like, it couldn't have been you. Because that would have never worked out for you. Yeah. That's not who you are. But I think, and I think creative people are like this too. Because it's like, you see other people living a normal life. And they're really happy because mm-hmm. that's what they actually want. And you're like, why can't I do that? All the time. <laughs> right? You're like, why can't I just want to like work a job and be normal? <laughs> why do I have why do I not want to be a doctor? <laughs> exactly. Like these small or smaller aspirations for yeah. your life that yeah. are more achievable in quotation marks. It's all achievable, by the way. But it's like I think that's a struggle of an somebody who's creative or an yeah. artist mm-hmm. is they just are like, Why am I not like everybody else? Because they're in tune with something, you know? And you saw that in so many moments during the film, which is why Rami Malek deserved that award. Oh my god, I was going to riot if he did not win. Yeah. Well, I didn't didn't watch them because I was like, if he doesn't win, I'm going to be so angry and I can't be angry right now. So I just kind of like kept tabs on Instagram. I was like, hmm. <laughs> What's happening? What's happening? I, I screamed hope. when he won. Yeah, I watched it. I, I, I screamed the like Golden Globes. <laughs> and then when he won the Golden Globes, I was like, okay, it's in the bag. He's definitely going to win. Winning. Yeah. Um, I did really, really love Bradley Cooper's performance too because I went into that movie not that big of a fan of his. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people know that about me, but I just, he's just eh, like, yeah. But I went to that movie really impressed with his work. That's and really cool. I was just in awe of it so if he won I would not have been as upset yeah but the more I watch Bohemian Rhapsody the more I'm just like no 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 no. he had to have won like he he's yeah. the one who deserves this award that is like yeah. a shooting star performance like once yeah. in a lifetime yeah. like he really took on the essence of Freddie without mm-hmm. mimicking him yeah which because I think you is can't such... and he said in an interview once like there's only so much of his moves that you can mimic, mimic yeah without it just feeling like it's some weird it's like a like, dance like a yeah. stage performance so, like and now i do this <laughs> <laughs> and now the uh, the famous freddy pose like yeah. it's just you can't do that so the yeah. fact that he had to embody him so much yeah to be able to 
learn and feel like, oh, he would do something like this. He would do something like this. Yeah. While still having bits and pieces of the authentic performances. Right. Like mm-hmm. from Live Aid. We watched the side by side. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you seen that? Yes. Oh, my God. Amazing. It was like, because I hadn't seen the full take of Live Aid that they did in one shot. Yeah. That the cast actually pushed for, by the way, they weren't going to do it. The cast was like, no, we need to do this once. We want to do this once, which I think is Okay. Like, okay, wow. Okay, overachievers. <laughs> Here's the standing ovation. Here's your Oscars, everyone. Um, but just watching like the little subtleties of yeah. how Rami would like move his body is so, like at, from an actor's perspective, that kind of stuff is like the stuff that I get so excited yeah. about. Because mm-hmm. you're like, that person not only studied them, but they found what was similar in their own life and about them and showed it to you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's really vulnerable, I think. Because that's not what we see, have seen Rami Malek as ever before. No. Yeah. Like, if you've seen him on Mr. Robot, you're like, yeah. what? It's true. Hello. Yeah. Sweet little angel child. <laughs> he's, he's such a precious. Yeah. Even though he's boy. not nearly a child, but, but yeah, to like, me. protect him. <laughs> yeah. Precious protect man. all of them. I yes. know. Precious uh, boys. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's just, and so much of this comes from people who already went into the movie expecting to be disappointed. Yeah. That's the problem. Yes. Yes. I didn't know anything about the whole Brian Singer situation when I went to watch the movie. Right. And even if I did, if I read that, Mm -hmm. I would have still enjoyed it the same way because it's like you realize that they got him out. Yeah. Like so Rami what's the, fought for that. What's yeah. the problem after they all knew, this? I mean, there's contracts, everybody. Like that's yeah. part of like what how people get paid really well on the flip side of that. Like that's how yeah. artists make money. But at the same time, there are other things that when unfortunate situations happen, you still have to play by the rules. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. You well, can't like just the be director's like, guilt that he he's right. always gonna get credit despite exactly. the fact that he did not finish the film. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like that's just the way it is. Yeah. But the that doesn't affect the truth of what actually happened yeah and I think that's so important but yeah I think going into something pre-expecting it to be something is such a disservice to yourself you're robbing yourself of joy of sadness of feeling and I know those things are scary for some people but it's like that is the essence of going into a movie is to feel exactly and if you prep yourself with expectations that are way too high or way too low Mm -hmm. Um, if you prep, prep yourself with so many reviews to like build up this wall around yourself. Mm-hmm. But it's like if you just go in where you're like, I'm excited to see this or I don't know how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Just stay open. Like it affects you in such a different way yeah. because mm-hmm. it's what's actually happening. You're actually responding to something. Exactly. Yeah. And it's one of those movies that you just come out of it and you're just so hyped. I was mm-hmm. like our, the first time we went and saw it, the whole theater was in unison and I, I know when a movie is like can create that magic like yeah. people mm-hmm. were laughing and clapping and crying collectively love and stayed that. until the end of the credits yeah. like yeah. after like to hear sh- show must go on until it went black yeah. and then they left and yeah. I was like that's special that's a movie going experience yeah. which I feel like a lot of people nowadays just don't they, want they watch movies to see whether it's good or bad to be part of the conversation. Exactly. Yes. Oh and God. they don't watch it to feel, which is initially why movies were created, to make the audience feel something, whatever that feeling is. Mm-hmm. And especially if a movie is an Oscar contender, yeah. and you know it is. Yeah. It, the first time I watched that trailer, I was like, oh my God. Like yeah, that trailer that was beautiful. Trailer, yes. Which, on point. For the first trailer. The first trailer. The was, first trailer was like, um, it started with, 
Ao. The Ao moment, yeah. and then it went into another one, bites the dust, and mm-hmm. you were like, "Whoa, there's something really cool here." Yeah. If you want to see good editing, watch that trailer. I both all the trailers are actually really, really good because they that didn't show you too much. Was, <laughs> was a plus. I'm trying to remember if I watched that first one. I watched the first trailer. I think I can't remember what movie it was during. Because I didn't watch it before on my own. Mm. Like, I knew mm. it was coming out, but I just, I hadn't seen it because no one was talking about it for it to, like, come up on my feet or anything like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe, would it have come out as early as, maybe A Star is Born? Did A Star is Born come out way before it? Do you guys know? Star is Born came out in, like, October. Love last year. Yeah. And then. Of, like, 2018. 18. Yeah. But I wait, feel so like. Did Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody. So the trailer for Bo Rap came out in 2017, December. Like the first teaser, I think. Yeah, not. And then, like a full trailer trailer. came out midsummer. It was like May. It was like May because I remember showing it to my roommate, and she was like, "That movie is going to win an Oscar." Go roommate. Yeah, and I was like, "I know." It might have been one of the May (laughs) movies then, whatever it was. Yeah, I can't remember that, but remember. Who remembers trailer (laughs) schedule? I mean, I oddly remember, like, the Marvel ones. Yeah. Yes. Only because I'm sitting here waiting for them. But right. You're like, when is it out, though? When is it out? <laughs> Marking the calendar. <laughs> exactly. Which, those trailers, apparently, I don't know if you've heard this, but the Endgame trailer yeah. is apparently all an illusion and that they're not giving us any of those footage. So, why do we even oh, get like a trailer? it's not from the film. The yeah. footage is not from the film. Interesting. Like, that they, they don't want us to know anything. So, I'm just like, why did you give us a trailer, then? I would have rather had sneaky little Russo brothers. Rude AF. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you for that. Like, did you just create something out of nothing? Because that's cool. Here, now we're gonna film some trailer footage for the audience. Right. That's not has nothing to do with anything. Nothing to do with the movie. Great. Uh, Only Benedict Cumberbatch knows, you guys. He read the script, right? Did he? I think so. He yeah. He read the whole script. Yeah. He was the only one of the cast members, I guess. For Infinity War or for Endgame? For both. For both. He got the whole, the whole story. script. He got the whole script. Okay, must trust him. <laughs> <laughs> He's not, he doesn't. He's not Tom secrets. Holland. Yeah. He's not Tom Holland. He's not Mark Ruffalo. Ruffalo. <laughs> Idiots. Oh my God. Because everybody only got lovingly. pieces. Right. I love it. Bits and pieces. Which yeah. is pretty normal for a script, actually. Yeah. Depending Especially on the because half of those people were not even on screen together for so long. Yeah. yeah. So, I find it crazy. Do you guys ever go and look and see how many minutes like an actor has yes. on screen? You're like, yeah. they had five minutes. And you're like, they're a main character. What do you mean? <laughs> they had five minutes, yeah. yeah. That's insane. In a two-hour movie? <laughs> how does that happen? Yeah. Because I don't crazy. know, do these people count like the moments where they're just literally on screen in the background doing, I don't, I don't know. know. Like hanging out, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what they count as like, if it's Because like, I've dialogue. looked at it on YouTube and I'm yeah. just like... Captain America only had like three minutes or like five minutes. You're like, I'm disappointed. (laughs) Captain America? I'm cheated. Yeah. But then I think even uh, RDJ had very little too. Yeah, I think he had the most in the last one. Infinity War. But it was still not much. Yeah. Thanos actually had the most screen time. Uh. (laughs) What a lame villain, you guys. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I'm glad you don't hate him. It makes it easier. I just felt like they tried to make you feel for him, and I was like, 
That's wasted space. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's gonna like this character. No, who's just make who's him kind of bad? Like, like make him like Darth Vader evil, because then you're gonna root for him in a different way. Because you're yeah. like, wow. I think he will be in the next one. At least yeah. I'm hoping that like all that vulnerability with Gamora is done, because that yeah. was just the only part of him that was that way. Yeah. yeah, if you will. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Whatever that was, but any <laughs> yeah. other than that, there's nothing else. Like he, he doesn't care about anybody. He doesn't even care about Nebula, who's his other. Child, yeah, but basically. it's like they tried to make him. I feel like from my viewing, I only saw it once, um, but I felt like they were trying to like make him his purpose noble. Like no. I'm doing you a service by getting rid of half the population. It's overpopulated. And I was like, <laughs> what if he just wants to destroy things? Like that's valid for a villain. He yeah. just wants to control and destroy things because he's a villain. No, he's just... Yeah. Well, maybe they did that thing of, like, they, you know how they say, like, the villain doesn't always see himself as the villain? So I wonder, no, that's true, maybe. I wonder if they were trying to prop would, that up. I would agree with that. I think every villain is that way. But then you see Loki in the first one, and he is a little irrede- irredeemable in the first one, where he yeah. is just, like, a little shit. Like, <laughs> right? But you're like, he played it that way, where yeah. he's like, I am right. You wouldn't have this philosophical, mm. like, I have to explain to you. I'm Even in uh, to you. the original Avengers, like, yeah. his vision is just That's true. purely evil. Yeah, That's he's it. terrible. He's like, I'm going to kill you if you don't agree with me. So you need to kneel. Well, he right? killed that old man. He did. Yeah, so. you're like, bye. I mean, he killed, what's his name? Phil Coulson. Yeah, so irredeemable, you guys. I forget he's dead. Yeah. He's technically Is he really, though? No. <laughs> I mean, there's six seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So right. Yeah. So <laughs> he will go on. His heart will go on. But I love Loki had one of the best redemptions in the MCU. Yes. I love him so much. I mean, Tom Tom Hiddleston, Hiddleston, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen. But mostly ladies. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's who's here today. Three ladies. Love Tom Hiddleston. He's such a nice guy, you guys. We saw him for 10 seconds. Yes, we did. Did you? We did. And Tom Holland, too. And Tom Holland, also very nice. The Toms. The, the Toms. two Toms. Wait, where was this? We went Wait. last year to the Seattle Ace Comic Con. Oh. And for Malia's birthday, we were initially going to see I Chris Evans. Oh, and he had to bow out, which was really sad. But we were like, well, we'll just flip over to Tom Holland. And then, side note, you guys never go to an Ace Comic Con. <laughs> yeah. They are oh, so yeah. mean. They They're are so, so They yell the at you. The people who work there, like, I felt bad for the celebrities. Like, they, they were yelling at the people who just, like, were trying to say hi uh-huh. To hop in to get a picture, and they're like, "Don't do that! Don't talk! Like, don't!" And I was like, "I'm they, paying for this." They paid five hundred dollars for ten seconds. You can allow them to say hello and not harass them. Yeah. So Ace Comic Con harasses people, FYI, Jeez. and we're not going to return our money until we hounded them. Even though Chris Evans bowed out two months before. Yeah, it was like yeah. I think it, it was we, like when we were going to do the dual op because they they do this thing where that you can oh, do like yeah. single op or dual op so you can have like several celebrities or yeah, just yeah. one celebrity. Yeah. And so basically what it was was we were going to do Chris Evans and Tom Hiddleston because obviously Chris Evans is my favorite and Tom Hiddleston is her Love favorite. That combo. So <laughs> we were like, yes, let's do it. Awesome. It was my yeah. birthday too. Right. So, so we were there. Like, so we were like, okay, we'll do that. Great. Yeah. And then Chris Evans bowed out, and I was like, well. I was like, can I get my money back and then just get a single Tom Hiddleston photo op? And then it ended up like being this back and forth thing. They would not give me my money back. I was like, that's $500. Yeah. Like, which is fine if it was like the two. If it was our fault, like we didn't show up. Yeah. But even their guidelines on their website are like, you can make an exchange or return if a celebrity bows out. Yeah. 
And then they were like, oh, um, we don't, we can't. Yeah. They yeah. were like, excuse me? <laughs> yeah. A what? <laughs> and then the, and then by the time they got back to me, like the Saturday had sold out. And I was like, but I already bought tickets. Right. To go the Saturday there. show. Like, because right. you have to buy tickets to get in. Right, on so top of your this $600 so photo op. Yeah, so you're like... So they nickel and dime you, which is like, I don't care if it's expensive. I really yeah. don't care. I understand they are busy. Yeah. But I would rather pay a thousand bucks flat fee, get a minute of their time, yeah. and entry to the show. Don't yeah. just charge because me I'm a sure higher rate. Because I'm sure that's something that they... All of, 90% of these celebrities signed up for this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they know what to expect. They know Absolutely. what's coming for them. Yeah. And... They are willing to talk to you, and if Absolutely. these people who are just like they make it so like, pe- like I, I am not gonna rip his face off. No, and yeah. it's like you just have security there, but it's like they're like you can't take a selfie with them, you can't have your bag with you, and I was like, I get it for security reasons, but a selfie, like I don't like understand why that's filled with explosives. Like I don't understand. Mm-hmm. It's like they, I don't know. There's just a basic lack of kindness that I felt. Mm-hmm. I was like, you're treating these people like they're cattle. And in response, they were treating each other terribly. Like, there was a kid who clearly had a mental disability oh, no. who was waiting in line. And he was trying to figure out. Because they made us wait, by the way. They were two hours behind schedule. Oh, that's mm-hmm. So then really cool. when it was time for our photo op, they literally rushed through. Mm-hmm. Like, they rushed through 300 people in, like, a minute. That's how fast the photo ops were. They were like, next! And you were yeah, like, Yeah, and they were oh like screaming at people. Yeah. So there was no opportunity if you blinked to get a reshot or anything. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, that happened. But then there was like a kid who had a mental disability who was there by himself and he was trying to figure out the line. And other patrons were getting mad at him because he was trying to figure it out. And I was like, This comes from the top down. Like, if you inspired people to be kind from one another, it's your responsibility mm-hmm. as you hold an event to so create like, a space where mm-hmm. kindness is key. I was like, I got really, I get really angry when people treat other people, especially somebody who has a disability. Like it is your job as somebody who does not have a disability to be able to go out of your way. Mm -hmm. Like you need to create a space for them. That's That's my PSA, everyone. That's fantastic. (laughs) Also, if you go to Ace Comic Con, it's really bad. But if you go to San Diego Comic Con, (laughs) it is wonderful. And I've been going for 10 plus years. I am so scared of SDCC. So um, I'm just letting people know PSA. That's her well, it is the original con. Yeah. Like, cons started happening because of the success of SDCC. So. Yeah. Well, also, too, I think there's a difference in a con that has a lot of money, like a lot of sponsorships, yeah. versus one that starts on its own. Because, like, Ace Comic Con, that was, like, last year was, like, one of their first years mm-hmm. starting oh, wow. up. And so, obviously, they're paying the celebrities X amount of dollars right. to yeah, do yeah. the photo ops and stuff like that. And while there is stuff like that at SDCC, it's not quite as massive because it's like the studios are like, oh, we're going to, you know, fly in the, you know, cast of X-Men or, you know, whatever. They have other events going on. Yeah. So there's a million things going on there. So. Yeah. Money matters. Yeah. (laughs) Money matters on, actually, you know what? I think this is really interesting. Like I've been on this journey um, with money personally, just to. kind of get into some mindset stuff here but it's like it's all energy and it's all transferable money is not real it's something we've made up to exchange with each other kindly and politely Mm -hmm. so the moment you start to free up your thinking about money um, 
you realize that it's like, oh, there is actually no limit. There, There is a reason why things are expensive and I can't afford that. Yeah. So I think it's like once you start to get into that, that space and you start to see it, you can't unsee it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, money matters. But to me, that's not unfortunate because it's a level of energy that these people have put into building their careers mm-hmm. and putting art out there. And art should make money. You should get yeah. paid for it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really pivotal to think about whether your art be something like this where it's like you're a podcast you know that's a form of your art that's your creativity um and you should get paid for it that would be fabulous absolutely yeah yeah well anything and when there's there's the whole issue of like sponsorships and Mm -hmm. ads that like all these like not even celebrities but people will have to partake in and people Mm -hmm. will always just be so upset about it but it's like it's income and at the end of the day a lot of these are we live in a smarter generation where we know that an ad is an ad yeah Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like it's not like back in the days where I feel like if you saw like a celebrity endorsing I don't know Skechers or something right you're like they're definitely wearing Wearing Skechers so I want it (laughs) exactly I think that's interesting because Especially, like, Instagram and stuff like that, because I'm thinking about, like, ads on there is... Yeah, which is mainly where it is. Mainly where things happen. Mm -hmm. I think things are moving over to Instagram a little bit more than Facebook even these Mm -hmm. days. Personally, from what I've seen, um, there's a lot of money in Instagram. But I feel like the ads are getting smarter as well, so I don't mind them as much. Because I've been introduced to some really cool stuff purely through ads that I actually really enjoy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like the more you interact, the more they pinpoint who you are which they're going to do no matter what so let's get over the fact that we're being stalked by the- <laughs> we all have our fbi agent right, yeah. so uh, hello um <laughs> you know but it's like i found some really cool stuff like other companies other startups that are like small but they can afford to do instagram ads yeah. and their products are good so it's like we're all going to be selling and buying from each yeah. other at some level that's where or things even are something headed. as big not big but something that people constantly are talking about more now like third love Mm. I literally just tried it and their customer service is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Because they actually care. Yeah. So you're like, okay, I am happily going to pay this much for a Mm -hmm. bra. Yep. Because you guys care so much to actually have it be a good fitted one. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I find that really... Like, we all worked at a company, which will not be named. Oh. Did we? Um, <laughs> that's how we all met, that? everyone. <laughs> and, you guys met uh, there too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's so telling that, you know, it comes, we always say that the fish sinks from the head down. So it always means that if it's bad at the top, it's going to trickle down to the very bottom of mm-hmm. sales representatives. So it's like when you see someplace like Third Love or Nordstrom at its best, like there are obviously people who work at Nordstrom who are not great, but I do know people who go out of their way to tell me like, hey, you know, if you wait a week, that'll be on sale. Yeah. Or, you know, that extra step, now I'm going to spend 60 instead of 30 because you treated me kindly. And I know that that's what this company values. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important, especially when you have so many options now. Like I can just go somewhere else, actually. You can, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's not like uh, the market is like full of things that you can buy. No. And you want to support these companies, but at the end of the day, if it is crappy and yeah. if mm-hmm. they're not treating not only their employees, but they're lying to their customers, yeah. and they're, mm-hmm. you're not going to want that. Why would you? No. no. Yeah. Transparency is like, I mean, every company that I know that's transparent does really well. 
because they're like, listen, you know, even if we can't figure it out for you, we're still going to try to. Yeah. Like, like, let me be honest with you. Here's what I can do. Let me see what we can do beyond that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And the company I work for currently, they're so, it's amazing how lenient they are. That's wonderful. Like, I can't yeah. say what it is, I always say, but right. it's like, they're very, you guys know, but they're, yeah. anytime, if something is damaged, yeah. out after even a year, yeah. they will replace it for you. And That's it's so things wonderful. like that, that I'm just like, really? Yeah. Because they know they've built a rapport with you. Yeah. You're going to come back. Exactly. I had a similar thing with my bag that I have now. Um, I can't tell the, <laughs> you the company because I don't work for them. Um, it's Patricia Nash, and they're super nice. I bought a bag, and the buttons, there's like antique buttons on it, and they were falling off like crazy. And I was like, you know, it was an expensive purchase, and I was like really sad about it because yeah. I genuinely love this bag. And they, I wrote to them, and I was like, hey, you know, these are falling off. And they're like, just send it back. We'll pay for shipping. We'll pay to ship it back. Love that. And I was Amazing. like, and I wrote to them again. I was like, is there any way you can make sure that they're secure for the future? And they're like, absolutely. Don't worry about it. You know, we want to make sure that you love your piece. And I was like, wow. That's insane. Like that. And this it. bag is a leather bag, you guys. So it was heavy to ship. Yeah. So they went out of their way to make sure that it was great. So things like that, you know, matter. Quality, Quality and kindness matters. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that has to do with kindness. You could be oh, yeah. an asshole and say no. Absolutely. So isn't it easy? I think that's so funny. And going back to reviews and stuff, it's so easy to be shut off and be an yeah. asshole about things. Because then you don't have to feel and you don't have to respond. Mm-hmm. Here, here. But, you know, who really loses at the end of the day? That's true. We didn't. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, you also wanted to talk about art and business in the same yes. realm. Which I think is so crucial. Because, yeah. like we were saying, you... What do artists do yeah. on their downtime? Yeah, like we all have this idea that people are like painting. Like we see like a painter. Like when you think of an artist, you think of like something really bizarre like Salvador Dali or like, you know, <laughs> Picasso. And you're like, that's definitely not me. Um, and I work, I have a couple clients that I absolutely love because I have my own business. And that was not something that I thought was doable a couple years ago. But even not even a couple years ago, maybe like two, one and a half at max. And um, I think people have this idea that business and art are at opposite ends of the spectrum. Mm. But I think any way that you do something can be done as an art. You can change it into an art form, depending Mm. on how you do it. Um, And I also think you can absolutely use your art as a business. Especially today, when you, like, can make your own podcast. You can have your own Instagram. You can do your own ads. Like, you don't have to get permission from anybody except yourself. And I think that's the biggest key. So it's more just like, I don't know what your guys' experiences are, but it's, I feel like, you know, I've had experiences where they literally tell people in positions of teaching or, um, you know, in a, in a public eye sort of place will tell you that you're not a business person because you're an artist or you can't understand it. Like you don't have the head for math or figures. You can't be a businesswoman or a man because you are an artist and that's just not who you are. And you're like... Thanks for telling me who I am or what I can do. Much appreciated. But also, that's just so bizarre because art is a business if you think about it. Absolutely. People, yes, people are going to make movies even if no one watches them at the end of the day because Mm -hmm. that passion is still there, the the need to tell your story and to put your art out there. Yeah. But people are also going to have to make movies for money. Absolutely. And that doesn't mean that they're not going to be good or that yeah. they're not going to put their heart and soul into it. But at the end of the day, it comes down to the fact that 
human beings kind of sort of need this green paper to live yeah or whatever colorful paper in the rest of the world yeah yeah absolutely i think it's art is a necessary thing i think to live and i think we need to stop making it something that's esoteric and unreachable and like that a selected few get to do it and here's the thing they're self-selected nobody gave them the right to do this Mm -hmm. nobody has to give you permission you select yourself Mm -hmm. and that's the same for hollywood like you select yourself. That's how you get in the door. You stop asking other people if it's good. Yeah. Like, it is good. go out there and you... I've made up my mind this is good, right? And then you're like, would you like to buy it? Because I know it's valuable. Yeah. Once you know that about yourself and about your art, that it has value, and you can tell them why it has value, nobody's going to be able to stop you. Yeah, people are most likely going to believe someone whose passion is running high. Yeah. A thousand percent. Because why not? Why would you... All of these things started from somewhere. A comic book wasn't just a piece of paper with images on it. Right. And I'm sure the very first one that came out, people were like, what What is is this garbage? (laughs) Right. Why do they look like this? Why are there little bubbles? Why is this like that? How do you read this? (laughs) And then it goes from that to what the MCU and the DCU is now. Right. A whole genre of graphic novels. Not not even superheroes anymore. Just other stories being told in this format. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because somebody that's how had to think of it. Yeah. Same with Disneyland. Every time I go there, because if you know me, I go there all the time. Um, but it's like, I don't know how you can go there and be, first of all, unhappy. Because I see so many people oh. go there and they're miserable. And you're like, why are you here? Uh, why did you, what? Are you okay? Right. Like, do you see where you're at? Yeah. Um, but it's like, at the time, people had to think he was insane. The mm-hmm. orange tree story always makes me cry. Which fireworks show was it that had it where you're like, you are standing in the... Oh, it's like the dreams and Julie Andrews yeah, yeah. narrates yeah. it and they go around the I park. I ball every time. It's Julie. She like, like, it doesn't matter. How often you go, you're just like... Yeah, okay. you're like, that's beautiful. I cry at Fantasmic. Yes. And I'm like Mickey at the end. Like I'm like, wow, this is all made up because somebody thought about it. Somebody and here we are know. cheering on a man in a costume dressed as a mouse. Yeah. Holding fireworks. <laughs> what? <laughs> also, a PSA for everybody that goes to Disneyland and wears those stupid shirts that say, most expensive day ever. Get over yourself. Oh my God. Okay? Like, this is a mindset. Do they buy that at Disneyland? No, they, no, they okay. make them. They make them at those, like, t-shirt shops that are, like, at the mall, right? Where you, like... <laughs> <laughs> they like screen print on those like Hanes shirts. You're already undercutting your whole experience. Yeah. You don't have to go. It's a luxury. It's for fun. Yeah. That's hilarious. It's not a necessity. And it's like, why would you do that to yourself? Again, who loses out here? Yeah. But at the end of the day, if you think about it, like going as a pass holder, it's so much different because yeah. you oh, could yeah. literally go for an hour and you're like, okay, that I'm was done. fun. Yeah. Have, I'll come back later. Right. But if you're going for one day, anytime before I was a pass holder, when I would go to Disney for one day, yeah, it was, it felt like I was there for like four days. Yeah. I was having the time of my life. I know. Time passes so quickly when you're just there for one day, especially like, if you go like at the crack, like crack of dawn yeah. and you stay until closing. Yeah. You, how is that not worth the money? Because I think that's the thing with money is people think that there's a lack of it. Yeah, I guess. So it's like never enough for them. Nothing is ever going to be worth the value if you are not willing to happily pay something. Like you're never going to get the value out of something. It's just so bizarre to me because I'm just like, of all the theme parks, like not to shit on any other theme parks. Yeah. Of all the theme parks, Disney is the only one that has something for everybody. So true. That is true. Because Universal just, 
<laughs> Universal has a lot of screen rides, which yeah. I personally can't stomach. I, oh, yeah. Yeah, it gives, gives me, me a migraine. Yeah, so I can't do those. And then they have, like, one or two little roller coasters. And right. Six Flags is just way too intense for me. Yeah, it's all roller coasters. They're like, thrills. I don't want to die, so I'm good. <laughs> um, <laughs> knots is the same. Yeah. yeah. So you just, it's like, if you have kids, you're obviously going to want to take them to Disney. Because yep. it's... Mm-hmm. It's not just even, like, most of the time of I go, I don't even care about rides anymore like I yeah. want to see the way they create the worlds and the way they change the music and the mm-hmm. food that they do and the, the way they've dressed up the, the theme food yeah the food. and they've really taken to that they're like oh people really enjoy this so we're yeah. gonna maybe put a little bit more money and it's gonna be a little more expensive but it's actually really good food yes. and people before are going it sucked here. right it was like I remember like not even that long ago five years ago maybe yeah Disney food was just meh it was like okay. You could find like one or two things here yeah. and there, but not as much as you could find now. Where you're yeah. like, I need to go. Tr-. When they release yeah. something, you're like, I need to go try it yeah. because yes. I already <laughs> trust them enough to know that this it's is gonna, gonna hold be good. up. Yeah. I had avocado toast at Disney the other Where? day, guys. There's a place called Whitewater Snacks in the Grand Californian, back in the corner. So it has an interest into California Adventure right from there too. But it's this little place in the corner, and they just revamped it. And they had avocado toast with a giant thing of burrata cheese, mm-hmm. whole wheat toast, and then they had the best nachos I've ever had at Disney as well. Like it came on a tray. It was a tray Cheer of nachos. Yeah. So and worth it, it. And I would say it was like fifteen bucks, but you're like that was fifteen dollars worth, worth of nachos. nachos. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it wasn't like a it wasn't like a little and plate. Then, and then you got a oh she got a a, a brownie that was oh like God. this. Well, you can't. I can't. <laughs> you can't I don't know. see it. Um, this imagine thing. it was huge. huge. Imagine it was the size of someone's face. Um, <laughs> that I is a big that. brownie. Yeah. Um, Covered in M&M's. Mini M&M's, yeah. yeah. It was like all the food I've ever wanted. It was so good. Yeah. And we were full. <laughs> all day. All, but yeah, yeah, most of the day. Yeah. So it's, yeah, like you said, if you think about it. Yeah. I hate those shirts. Wow. What a concept. Can you That's imagine? So sad. Yeah. It is sad to me. It's like you're you're also make, you're you're putting in more money to make these shirts to make that shirt, shirt to be bitter. Like you're putting effort into being bitter. Yeah. Wow. And you go you start to realize that you're like people work at being upset. Oh yeah. Like people just like go off like again like they just get so angry about something that. I don't know, a review they've read and you're like, that's not really your opinion, that's somebody else's opinion or yeah. a shirt they bought and you're like, why are you putting all this effort into being upset? That takes way too much energy. Yeah. But it's also safe at the end of the day to be in anger because then you can be indignant about things. Things are not your fault. Um, you know, and it takes a lot of responsibility to be joyful because it's like, this is my responsibility to be yeah. mm-hmm. creative, happy, in possession of my own opinions. And that's a lot of, it's work. Yeah. But the payoff is tenfold, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's, I don't know, I feel like it takes way too much energy to be upset about something. Oh, totally. But yeah. But like if, if I you don't like something, I'm yeah. not going to talk about right. it. It's like you're not putting energy towards it. <laughs> I don't care. Exactly. But I don't think that's how most people yeah. are taught to function. Mm-hmm. And then when they see you functioning differently, they're like, well, aren't you upset? And you're like, No. Because I know nothing good comes of that for me. Maybe you can use your anger in a righteous way. I cannot. That's not saying you can't, but I don't think that you can make something good out of something bad necessarily like that, energy-wise. Yeah. Because, like, again, you could vent about something. You can can voice being upset. Like, we kind of just did that with um, 
The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi. <laughs> uh, of that movie well, that well, I that don't movie that we like. don't like. <laughs> you know, you can talk about it, but it, again, it comes down to the fact that it's just like I'm not gonna sit here writing right. thousands of reviews, recording five million episodes, right? Doing God knows what. Yeah. To, telling... to make you hate it as much as I do. Exactly. And I don't even hate it that much because I have, I'd have to care to hate it that much. Right. <laughs> it's like the broadcasting is what drives me crazy. Is like, I hate it. And if you don't hate it, there's something wrong with, with you. With you. Yeah. Or like, we're not friends. Which is, this, it's a superiority, com- superiority complex of negativity. Yeah. Negativity has always been yeah. the higher power when it comes to media and Hollywood, in my yeah, opinion. Totally. Oof. You just sound so much cooler when you say, oh, Nothing that matters. movie wasn't great. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, like, wow. like, I loved it. You sound like a little giddy kid. And no one right. wants to take yeah. you seriously. But you're like, yeah, and you're like, interesting. And who is miserable here? Yeah. You? Always. How is that? But it's like, you know, the whole idea of a critic to me is always baffling. It's like, here's somebody whose very job exists because people are willing to go out and fall on their face and look yeah. silly. And because they have emotions. And they feed off of other people's joy and destroying other people's joy mm-hmm. or get, giving this false sense of like approval. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you're in the end crowd. So they can control you in a way where you're like, I care about what they think. And now yeah. they have a place in your brain rent free. And you're like, yeah. you don't get to live there because yeah. you don't matter. You exist because of artists, not the other way around. Yeah. And one of the things that I, I remember I was told that my writing is too happy. Oh, wow. What a drag. <laughs> what <laughs> a I was drag. Like, okay. That's Fine. who I am. Like, yeah. I don't want to write about something I dislike. Like, there yeah. was a show that I really liked at one point that just got so bad, I, yeah. I couldn't find nice things to say anymore. Right. So you just and I was like, it it's taking my energy to write something bad. If yeah. I'm going to sit here and be passionate about my writing, mm-hmm. I have to write something that I love, even if it's dark, even if it's... Yeah. It, mm-hmm. It's not to say that I only want to talk about like happy rainbows, butterflies, no. but it's like, but I think the joy is yeah, that I want to talk about whatever yeah. it is I'm writing about. And that whole thing that, well, that's not what a critic is. I was like, I don't want to be a critic. I don't want to be a critic. I'm Thank just you. Dasani with her opinions. I don't want to be something else. Yeah. I think it's so weird. People put themselves into boxes. Like I'm an actor now. I'm a business person. No, you're not. You're just yourself doing things out in the universe. <laughs> what do you mean? You don't have to behave anyway. You mean we weren't just salespeople? Oh yeah. my god, what? I'm not a customer service rep for life. Oh my god. Who am I? What's my identity, you guys? Nobody. I know. You are nobody. nobody. You're just a cog in the wheel. I know. And that's what they want you to think. You keep playing small. They. 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 The imaginary they, you guys, they don't exist. No, it's really frustrating. <laughs> Especially, I think, if you're a creative person. Because I don't know how it is for other people because I can't speak on behalf of them. Right. Mm-hmm. But I feel like for creative people, especially most creative people I talk to want to do like 20 things at a time. Yeah. yeah. Which is my biggest problem. I can't just be like, I'm just going to focus on writing right now. Mm-hmm. My brain's like, but I also want to do this and I want to do this. And like thinking about like 10 years from now, how I want this and this and mm-hmm. that. And like your brain just constantly moving on what you can create. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I read a really mm-hmm. interesting book recently. That's very like kind of woo woo. But it was really interesting. He actually is <laughs> description. A woo-woo, yeah. Um, so if you're not into woo-woo things, this may not be for you. But it was really interesting. Um, it's called like Luminous Life or something like that. But the whole concept is you only need to focus on the next step. Yeah. 
And it doesn't matter if the next step is linear or not. Like maybe the thing you need to do is write a chapter of your book or yeah. part of your, um, cause you do like reviews. And yeah. Stuff. Maybe that's what you do. And then maybe you record it and it all feeds into one thing yeah. that is your life. You know what I mean? And it's like, as long as you don't get worried about where you're going to be in 10 years, the next step is so easy to accomplish. It is for yeah. sure. But it's like you overwhelm yourself by being like, I want to be a movie star. And then you're like, how do I get there? You know what I mean? Oh my God. Why am I not there yet? I wish we had your face. (laughs) For them to see. Sorry, guys. I did a crazy voice too. So hopefully that translates. We love it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you want to be when you grow up, Malia? What do I want to be when I grow up? Because we're not adults yet. No, we're not adults. I'm never going to be an adult, I, you guys. I don't Toddlers. think... I think what's interesting, too, about that that whole, like, growing up... I think it's your, you're always growing. Yeah, That's you're true. never done. You're never done. Like, I think even... In, like, in the most ideal world, it's like, if I, you know, am the top-notch producer or whatever, right. I still would want to do other things, yeah. you know? Right, like, like if you're like, Kathleen Kennedy... Yeah. Where you go next? Like, she has yeah. to have goals, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, she's not just like, bye, I'm she, just going to be Kathleen I'm gonna Kennedy. I'm going to retire now. Right. I'm, like, I'm the head of, you know, Lucasfilm or whatever, you know, like, exactly. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> bye. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, she has always other, something. Yeah. Always something. Yeah. yeah. Malia wants to produce, right? I do want to produce. Yeah. I do want to be the next Kathleen Kennedy. I, I think that would be cool. Yeah. I, I just got to find my next, I got to find my Steven Spielberg. I believe in you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to find Steven Spielberg to make middle of the road movies that are awesome because I feel like there's we've well, lost let's the- define middle of the road movies. I don't know if that's a term anybody else is uh, familiar with, but that's something Malia and I use all the time. We do, and it's like uh, I would say Back to the Future is a middle of the road movie. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful movie. It's a great movie, but again, it's not an epic and it's not a really small story yeah. either. It's mm-hmm. just middle of the road where you're like, it's a normal person going on an adventure. It's not going to change the... It's not cor- a normal adventure, though. But it's, it's not a normal adventure, but the person is yeah. normal. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like the 80s did that really well, where they mm-hmm. took a person and put them on an adventure that wasn't like Lord of the Rings yeah, epic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Star Wars epic. Now it's just like... Right. Marvel, like, yeah. now it's Marvel epic, which is great. But it's also like, I want to see these smaller stories, too, because yeah. I can watch those films again and again and again without mm-hmm. too much, like, here we go. Yeah. We're going to Mordor, you know? Yeah. Or, like, I would say almost to, like, certain romantic comedies. I think we've we've lost a lot of we those have lost middle of the road. Comedies. Yeah, exactly. I think, like, what did we... Oh, a few months ago we watched The Proposal yeah. with Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock. And it's just a smart, cute... Fun time. Fun, fun, a good time. Yeah. Silly, stupid, you know? And I think we've lost that. It's either, like, these weird... You know, no offense to anybody, but on like Netflix, you know, it's like the kissing booth, you know, like mm. these YA kind of. That movie made me so angry. <laughs> it's you really... thought it's like you're poking a bear right Sorry. now. <laughs> it was weird. I have to say, it was the In, one of. I one was of the... fuming watching it. <laughs> and then. Wild. Or like, I would say maybe the exception would be like to all the boys yeah, I, I love before. That one. that one was really, that was a really good. I would. Source material may be better between one and the other because Kissing Booth was a book and then To All the Boys was a book, correct? Yeah. Yes. So it's like, again, maybe they were just also the amount of money they put into one. Oh, yeah. I I feel like To All the Boys I Love Before got a lot of money. High production value. But it's, again, really good. Middle of the road. Yeah. I thought Set It Up was quite cute, too. I love that one, too. Wasn't it cute? It didn't get a lot of hype. 
but it was like a really cute yeah. middle of the road. Lucy mm-hmm. Liu's really great. Um, who is Tay Diggs? Tay Diggs, yeah. Really funny. Like, it was just really cute. I yeah. loved Set It Up. No, Set It Up was really great too. And it, it kickstarted the. It did. Well, actually, did I don't know if Kissing Booth came out before it. I, I didn't, didn't watch it for a long time, and someone yeah. was like, you should watch it. And then I watched it, and I was like, how dare you recommend that? How dare that you to me? say that to me? <laughs> I mean, it, it was a little trashy. I'm not going <laughs> to. Listen, if that's your thing, great. Again, but like, there were a lot of problems. There was a lot of problems in that movie as to why the characters did what they did. It was mostly the men. Yes, like I don't really understand. Interesting. Like, because I say that in real life though too. I'm like, why do men do that? Because it's so (laughs) true. Because it's like if you're really like, so the whole point is like Joey Kane is in love. Her character is in love with her best friend's brother. Got it. And he's older. And they have crazy, yeah. Oh, like, and they have these weird rules between Mm -hmm. them because they've been best friends since they were like babies. And one of the rules, I think it's like number nine, is that you can't fall in love with anybody related to the other person, Mm. which is really stupid. You know, it's something like we're setting this up so it can't work. Yeah, I see the problem. And he gets so he's so mad. He's like, I can't believe you're in love with my brother, and you're like, what? That is the most arbitrary rule ever. I've like heard. I've ever heard. Like you can't help who you fall in love with, and right. obviously, if you're over at his house all the time, you're gonna you know look them. at like you're gonna see the older brother grow up. You right. Know what I mean? Like you get to know somebody. Yeah. Yeah. That's so weird. I hate. See again, they make characters act. That's one of my pet peeves when they make characters act stupid or imply in arbitrary rules to make things happen. Mm-hmm. As opposed to just developing a story or a character arc that is a natural flow where it's like, yeah. mm-hmm. these are inner problems they're having. Here's mm-hmm. an actual problem in the world that yeah. they respond to. They're like, mm-hmm. let's make something up. But also the guy is just so angry all the time. Oh, God. Oh, Jordy. The, ma- the, the guy. Is he like brother? the crush or whatever? Yeah. He's, I haven't seen it. And I'm just, what frustrated me is because I was like, kids are going to watch this and think that that's okay. That that right. kind of yeah, behavior that's desirable. is it's okay. Little, possessive and you're very like, intense i was like y'all what also, is happening yeah. he had an awful like justin bieber haircut and you're like what <laughs> the real problems like i get it to make him look younger, younger but weird. it was weird and he's also like six four and joey kane is like my height she's like five two so Jeez. it was like it was like watching a giant, <laughs> a giant and a little person Wow, little just, people. Yeah, was, yeah exactly. Kasani understands. Like, yeah. it was just, it was just weird. But then they also, because he's Australian, mm-hmm. an actor, so he's not like he's this big hunk of a man, like that triangle <laughs> shape. Do yeah, you know? why are Australian men all like that? What's like happening tri- in Australia? Like big, big shoulders, but like lean. Yeah, inverted triangle. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Oh, Hugh Jackman, Chris Hemsworth. The Hemsworths. Oh yeah, there's, there's all plenty of them. I forget. There. Yeah, <laughs> you just go out there and they all look like that, and you're like, "What?" I, I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> but why am I yeah, not that, living that in Australia? That movie just made me so angry, and we mm. 